peace. And uh, when I say that, I, I say it from a standpoint that can I let me just say this, that unless we understand what we end up doing is a seed. So many believers live with assumptions they do not know. And those assumptions get us in trouble every time. Guys, how many times have you concerning your wife assumed something? How'd that work for you? Didn't, did it? But the reality of this is, God gives us instruction. He leads us, guides us, and directs us. So, we've been in the theme of seasons, but the last couple of weeks, again, I heard a lot back from what we shared concerning God meant. So, let's look at at least three verses here in Psalm 1. Three verses. Let's take a look. Now, blessed, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, let me just stop right there and say that the word law there would be better understood as the word teach. So, in other words, but he delight, his delight is in the teaching of, of the Lord. That's a much better way to understand that. And in his law, his teaching, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its seasons, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. I want to zero in while holding these other verses in mind this morning. I want to zero in on verse 3 at the beginning. It yields fruit in its season. I want to look at this as it specifically says to what we've been talking on over the past couple weeks. It says that it yields fruit in its season. In its season. Huge, huge, huge. This is a big word, Fred, and, and actually a, a bigger idea. And, and, and what is a season? What? <laughs> Let's get down to some brass tacks. That's what I want to do today is I want to lay a foundation scripturally today on dealing with season. And then next week, Lord willing, I say Lord willing because he changes things, does he not? But next week, I want to get into biblical examples of that and get an understanding of that. Look, uh, what is a season? A season is a time when things change. How much simpler can you get? I know, this is really deep, right? But when you say season, it means that there was something else before. And there will be something else after. But we're living in this season. It, it changed from what it was and it will change at the end, but right now, right at this moment, we're in this season. So the word means an end of something. In other words, something has taken place, but now there's a new beginning. And that beginning 
will become the way things are. And that will end. We're in a season. That's what it means. We're in a season. It means that it's a time of significance. Okay? So significance. I mean, you can put a name to it. Hello? It's not just a thing. It's a season of. And I'm saying so significant that you can put a name to it. It's an essential, it's essentially happening in, in life. Seasons are a part of being alive. Hello? If you don't have the seasons, then you're not alive. Or or you're soon to be dead, one of the two. But seasons are a part of life. There's another word in the Old Testament. It's this time. And when the Old Testament speaks of time, it rarely means the time on the clock. It's talking of seasons. So, this is a time, a time of, a period in which events are taking place. In other words, they, they haven't taken place before, but now they're taking place. And we're in the time of their taking place. Look, look at Psalm 62, verse 8 there. It says, trust in him at what? All times, O people. Trust in the Lord at all times. Now, stop. Because realize what it's saying. It's saying, trust in the Lord, whatever the season is. Whatever this is that's happening. The time that you're in. Take a look at, at the next one there, 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. That doesn't mean 1 p.m. I'll praise him, 2 p.m. I'll praise him. No, it means in this season that I'm in, this, in this period which specific things are happening. Bless the Lord at all times. Take a look at the next one, Psalm 31 verse 15. My times are in your hands. It means whatever time I'm in, whatever season that's come upon me, it's all in the hand of God. All of it. In the New Testament, you have another word. It's when we say the word new. And, and we usually mean in union. Or in a series. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm wanting to say union, but you know what I'm talking about, series. How, how, many, how many have a, um, uh, a car, right? And you have, let's say, can, can I go back into my, my days when the first car I wrecked was a Chevy Impala? Remember them? And, and then they... That was a 1968 Chevy Impala. How many know they came out with a new series of Impalas in 69 and a new series in 70 and so forth and so on? I remember my first car I bought was a 1974 Chevy Malibu. It's when they changed it from a sports car to a family car. I remember buying it for $3,600, wham. Boy, am I that old? I am that old. But that's what we usually mean when we say the word new. We mean new in a series. So 
something that that uh, again uh, that has it's it's been again and again only it's been upgraded is what I'm trying to say. So as a result of being upgraded, it's new, sort of you know like like the Cleveland Browns. Message just went downhill, didn't it? But then in the Greek, you, we have the word which we we can't really say. It's not just one word. The word in the Greek is kairos, kairos. It means new, but in the sense of you, you've never been here before. It means new in kind, not new in series. This is new in kind. In, 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 it's a crisis event. What was yesterday isn't anymore. This is new. Therefore, it comes to mean a day of opportunity. If any man be found in Christ, he is a... That doesn't mean new in series. It means new in kind. You've never existed before. That's a brand new creature. If any man be found in Christ, he is a new creature. Creature, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become. That's the word right there. That's the word kairos. It means new in kind, not new in series. Look, this is new. Therefore, it becomes the day, like I said, of opportunity. It means this is a life-changing moment. So we grab it. This is a moment of opportunity, something, something you haven't had before. It, it's, it's a fitting time to act. That's the idea. It's a chaos moment. It's been translated in other places, in, in other translations, I should, I should say, as a fertile moment. Here's a moment, in other words, that's going to burst into your life. This is a moment of change. Seasons, times. Our life is absolutely full of it. And if you miss it, then your life in your mind, your outlook or your worldview, whatever, is that life is just one long gray blur. Friend, life is not one long gray blur. It is continual change. As, as you look outside, and get, you, know, you, have, you have the changing of the seasons, right? Fall is upon us. And, and, and it's a very definite time. It started yesterday, for those of you who are not aware. The first day of fall was yesterday. Do I hear a yahoo on that? I didn't even hear the three of you are just strange. <laughs> but here's the thing. The temperatures are a certain temperature there. The trees and the grass do specific things. Birds. And then it's fall. <laughs> it's a season. It began, and you can remember when summer ended. You were saying things like, you know what? Fall's in the air. I can smell it. Change. 
a season is happening all around us. And then there comes winter. (laughs) And when winter comes, how many know it's a total difference? There's no more beautiful colors in the trees. There's no more flowers blooming around or mums coming into. No more leaves in the trees. They're all on the ground by now. The temperature has changed. And what you do changes with that. Do you realize that? Winter, it's different. This is what a season is. Things are happening in a season that don't happen at other times. You, you don't get bit by mosquitoes in the winter. But look out, spring and summer, huh? It, it's, it's a season. You know, you know the marks of the season. We pass from one to the other. You, you feel it. You, you, you see it. You, you even taste it. Pumpkin pie, here we come. But you say it's a new season. That, again, affects everything from the way you dress to the way you live. Now, if you could imagine a life where they don't exist, it's just a blur. It does something to our bodies. Our bodies change with every season. Life changes with every season. You know, ladies... When you're with child, fall pregnant, life changes. Seasons begin to change. Your body goes through season of nine months to prepare you for what's ahead. You, you, You walk different. You dress different. You eat different. You know, all those things. And, and then... When a child is born, when you were born, that was called a season of childhood. For some, it was a dream. For others, it was a nightmare. And then, and then you go from the season of childhood to a season of teenager. And I tell parents of teenagers who come to me asking for help, please take two aspirin and call me in three years. Ask any parent. They can tell you when it began and when it ended. And then you have the season of, of young adult, uh, the season of, of middle age, to the season of old age. And the Bible talks to that. It talks about the season of old age. It's saying you've entered into a new season. Even the animals, friend, the, the, the birds to the bears, Their systems are built for and with seasons. You know, from uh, you got the birds that migrate, you got the bears that hibernate, you got all these things based on seasons that's built in. And 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 then all you do realize that seasons come in all sorts of shapes, sizes, and 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 events. A, A day can be a season. Seven days a week can be a season. You, you have decades and, and, and centuries and that, 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 that are seasons. And we mark it. We recognize it. We look back and say, that was the time of. Each bringing something unique, it was a season. It was a season. Seasons. 
It's built into the, well, I'll just say the very system of creation itself. We see the new moons. I've been watching the crescent as big as it's been, and 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 we we mark our month by it. I mean, you have you have what what especially with the Jewish calendar, you you have the lunar calendar. I want you to feel this. This is why I'm going to all this. I want you to feel this. For example, we were talking in the prayer room. This is hurricane season. You you can expect because of this and because of that. That in this season, it's a calm. We have cycles. All of us have cycles that we walk through. There are days when we're down. And, and, and can I say that's, that's not the devil. That's your chemistry that you feel down. And, and then, you know, it, it comes up. Hello. And, and, and that's what happens in your body. Your body goes through different cycles. You feel the, How many know there's a time to sleep? I'm not talking about now. Okay. But there's a time to get up. There, there's, these are all cycles, times. In other words, seasons, little ones and big ones. So you got it. There, there's, there's a thing called seasons. So seasons, let me say this right up front, seasons happen to us. In other words, we don't choose. Seasons happen to us. Sometimes they happen to us and they happen at the right time. I might not agree with that, but they do happen at the right time and they produce what I call the balance of life. See, if you try to change them, you know what you got? You got chaos, which is to me interesting. And and you know inside chaos, if you go back in history to something called the French Revolution, this is happening around the same time of the American Revolution, but it was in, in France, it was an atheistic revolu- a revolution. They set out in this new France to do away with anything that smelled of God. And so what they started out with was the seven-day week because the seven-day week can be traced back to and is a part of creation, the seven-day No more seven days. They created a 10-day week instead. The people just about went insane. Why? Because our bodies are made for a seven-day week. I I, I love it. You got this other thing called eating at the table, fellowship, family, other, other countries and other times, you know, Eating at the table was something sacred. You, you, you didn't, you know, you, you got together as a family. You broke bread as a family. It was, it, was a, it was a sacred time. Today's families, from kids to parents, there's no time. We got to go here. We got to be there. We got to be everything. There's no season of eating where we are breaking bread. It's, oh, I can get into the covenant aspect, but what's happened in the last 50 years? The family is falling apart. It's seasons. Trying to change it means chaos. And the Hebrew word for season carries with it the idea of answer. Everybody say that with me. Answer. In other words, in a sense, every 
season demands an answer from me. And oh, yes, it does. Every season demands an answer from me. When a season comes, there is an expected result. Hello? We know what the season will bring. So we expect it. Therefore, we respond. We answer and we plan to work. We're, you know, we're prepared, we prepare with an anticipation what this season holds. So, so how do I answer wintertime, for an example, right? Well, I check the furnace, make sure it's working, because I don't want to be without the furnace. I happen to put a plow ba- blade on my, on my rhino so I can plow the driveway and other neighbors and stuff. You know, you, you get different coats out, you know, where you weren't wearing coats. You put the shorts away. For some of you, I've seen your legs. It's a good thing we put the shorts away. You get the shovel out, right, and put the lawnmower away. You, you got salt to sw- You just get, you totally get prepared in a different way for what's coming up. Each season not only has its own character, but it has a different answer from me. I answer winter def, def, I answer winter differently than I answer spring. Differently than I answer summer or fall. And in other words, we act in accordance to the season. We act in accordance in a fitting way. This is happening. That's what's going on. So I have to answer. You, you don't. You don't go out and mow the snow. It doesn't fit. Do you understand what I'm saying? That doesn't fit. We fit the season. Hello. We yield to it. We go with it. We answer it. We fit the season. The trouble is, although birds understand the season, birds know how to answer the time, human beings made in the image of of God don't. We're goofy. Take a look at your neighbor. Go ahead and say, amen. <laughs> yeah. But we're, how many, we are constantly fighting the season. Well, I don't want this. I'm, I'm not looking forward to this at all. How many know that, that a kid who's 10 or 11 years old, are, are they enjoying Knowing the grace that God gives at 10 and 11? No. What's a, what's a 10 or 11-year-old saying? I want to be a teenager. I want to get my license. I want to date. You know. Fighting the season. You know, we're trying to get rid of it. That's what we're doing. We're trying to get rid of it. I, I, I don't want to be a kid anymore. I want to be a teenager. And and what about the teenagers? They want to be an adult and they act like they are. And we fight it. And of course, it all turns around when we get to be a certain age as an adult, does it not? Oh, it goes wing again. But and I can go on from, from what we try to do. You know, it can be in age, it can be in seasons, it can be in, you know, we we, we try to look young. I shouldn't but, you know, I was convinced that Jesus was going to come again before I got my driver's license. 
Then after I got my driver's license, I was convinced that Jesus was going to come again before I could get married. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jesus didn't come this Never mind. I'm <laughs> I just realized where that was going. I'm Let's get back to the word. Hallelujah. We're always, it seems, in, in all honesty, we're trying to capture a season that's passed. Let me say that again. We're always trying to capture a season that has passed. Instead of discovering the wonders that are buried in the season of, of life that we're in, what, what happens when we try to capture season of the past? It produces the seasons of discontent. All you want to do is to be somewhere else, to be someone else, and be in a different season. We think that any season apart from the one I'm in right now, is of greater importance. Well, what we end up doing is we, we chaff at the one we are in. So, so we never, ever enjoy where we are. The thing is, at that point, we're full of, you know, the kind of, if only I was there. If only I was there. Please. Recognize the seasons of past. That you is who you is. You are what you are for a glorious reason. To discover what is there in Christ. We, we, we want to skip seasons, do we not? Winter's coming. Oh. Let's just go straight from fall to spring. And everybody said, See, see that we want the instant fruit. Who needs winter, right? Let's go straight to spring and, and forget about Christmas. Amen. Because that would be the best. I mean, and I detest the rest. I would just say skip the season. Besides, you know, as well as I do, that winter is of the devil. We need to rebuke it. You know, we see fruit bearing and wholeness as only possible if we're in another season. If I worked somewhere else, if I had a different environment, if I had people around me, then if I had different talents, if only I could do what so-and-so does, my life would be made. Trouble is, I'm stuck. I'm limited. I'm short. First, Corinth, not first Corinthians, first Chronicles. T -t Take a look at it with me. It, it says there, of the sons of Issachar. Now, you know, Issachar was one of the 12 tribes. The son of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times. I love that phrase. It, it's fascinating to me. They understood. They understood what was going on. They understood the times. They could take the pulse of what God was doing. And therefore, they understood as a result how to respond. They, they knew the answer to it. From last week, if you remember, Joseph understood those times. 
he understood the Caesars. When he stood beside Pharaoh, he applied that to the max. He, 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 he said, understand, Pharaoh, understand the Caesars. There's going to be seven years of plenty. Don't squander it. Understand the times. Seven years, we're in a season. What do we do with the abundance? We store it. That's what we do. We're, we're building for something that is coming up. And when the seven years of famine came, then we won't be affected by it because we're already prepared. That is, in the summer of abundance, we get ready for the winter of days. Remember in ancient Israel, back in Deuteronomy, where they were to rest the land for every, I should say, rest the land for every seven years? for a year. Now, to a farmer's mind, of course, well, how, how will we live? But, but the cycle needs to rest or you'll strip the life of it out of the ground. He says, if you rest the land, then I'll supply all that you need. Well, they didn't. But that was the principle. He says, there's a, there's a stop, is what he says. But there's a, there's a new season. And that season is to be still and in your innermost being to perceive, be still and know that I am God. Think back several years when we hit the pandemic called COVID. At first it was called COVID-19. Now I believe it's called COVID-673. I'm not sure. But I remember the shutdowns. I remember being stuck in Europe, not being able to get back. And by the time I did get back, not only had, did we have to shut down the church, but I ended up in quarantine on top of it because I had been overseas. And I remember week after week, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? We tried so many different things. We began to, to work at stuff, to, to you know, you know you hit those times and do we rebuke this do, do we you know do we say this is is the devil or do we recognize this is a season and 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 what is he speaking to me in this season one of the reasons that we have the online service that we have for those who are wherever they're at right now either at home out of state wherever we have a lot of followers that watch this service on a weekly basis this would never be happening had it not been for COVID. Nobody would have ever heard of or even imagined having parking lot service. When we buried little brother Rick, we did that outside. The entire forest plot came out. It was, it was a season. And we had to ask the question, what is he speaking to me in this season? Who is the person? who can know the seasons and, and, and not be like a bull in a china cabinet and miss what's going on. Who is this person who can be fruitful in its season? Different fruit in different seasons. Who is this person? We have to recognize, we have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is the teacher always. 
understand that. Don't, don't, it's not about you trying to figure things out. The Holy Spirit, look, look, therefore, the Holy Spirit being the teacher, we ask, but what we ask for is the wisdom to know the season. Can I say that? We ask for the wisdom to know the seasons. And I'm going to tell you, it's probably one of the most unasked for things. People don't ask for wisdom. They want power. God, I want the gift of healing. I want the gift of tongues. I want the gift of, of, of wisdom, of knowledge. We, we don't ask for wisdom as James would instruct us to do. Well, let me just tell you something. Behind power is the wisdom to use it. Amen? Lord, show me the season. Open my eyes to see what's going on. And don't compare yourself to others. Because we're in different seasons. Well, I've shared this example with you before, but I remember preparing a message. And it was the week before I was going on vacation. I was excited. It was about carrying burdens and everything else. And I walked through it. And I, I, I walked away going, man, I, I, I felt good about that message. I did wonderful. I thought, man, it was a great impact. It was a good response. Thank you, Jesus, for your word and all this other stuff. And felt good and went off on vacation. I was, it was early that Sunday morning. And I flipped on TV to watch some church. And uh, T.D. Jakes was on. And T.D. Jakes, that boy can preach. And he got his hanky out and he's patting his head and he's going around. And then he begins to pick up suitcases and strap other things to the back of him as he's walking around. And he's preaching the very same message I preached. I'm, I'm thinking he must have heard it online or something from me. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. And the more I listened to him and compared my message to his message, the more defeated I felt, the more embarrassed and humiliated I felt. And I didn't even want to get up and preach again because of the comparison. And that's when God popped in and said, hey, Seth, I didn't call you to be T.D. TD Jakes. I called you to be Seth. Be like me. And I learned at that point, you don't compare yourself to others. Because we're in different seasons. You want to talk about a mess? Just compare yourself to, uh, you know, to others and their seasons. The time's getting me just a bit more sophisticated. You know, birds are migrating before the first ice and snow. Right? You know, you see... I get a kick out of the blackbirds, man. They, they fly into thousands. You know, they darken the sky when they come by. They sit on the, on the telephone lines, right, the, the electrical wires. I'm not an electrical person. But, but on <laughs> and, and, you know, you watch them, and it's, oh, my goodness. And, and they all take off. But why do I say that? We bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, whatever season I'm in. My focus is on the Lord. In everything, give thanks. In all seasons, 
whatever is going on around us. Goodness and loving kindness shall follow me, pursue me all the days of my life. And friend, let me tell you something, that takes on a new meaning when you think of it like this. I was sharing with Jamie just a little bit earlier what irks me, what gets me going, is when I think about the times in the past. You know, I, I you know, how many know I'm no spring chicken anymore? I once, you know, was young, but now I'm middle-aged. <laughs> Anyways, I just had to do that. But, but here's my thing. I, I remember growing up in, in, in different, from the shepherding movements to the latter-day, to the charismatic movements, to all these different movements. I praise God for the, for the revival that we walked through here in, in the late 90s and early 2000s. God just blew this world forward. Lives have changed forever. But, but here's the thing. Um, I, I remember hearing these so-called evangelists and preachers and teachers that you would know if I mentioned their names, which I'm not, but th they would say things like, you know, in, in China or, or in Vietnam or in, 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 in Iran and these different places, if they had the faith that we have, they wouldn't be facing persecution. If they, if they knew what we knew, they wouldn't be walking through what they're walking through. And I, I just get totally, totally upset at this. Because, friend, to, to be perfectly honest with you, with them saying that, you know, it would, it would drive me up a wall if they had faith, they, they wouldn't have persecution. That shows me total ignorance. Because it's totally opposite of what Jesus said. You shall have persecution. But what? Be of good cheer. Because I've overcome this persecution, this world. You know, what, what's funny is I've been to some of these countries to see some of these people. And, and, for example, uh, you got the pictures there to, sh to show? Do you see this? Do you see this group of people right here? This is in Ukraine. Matter of fact, I was able to get out of Ukraine that night. They, as, as I was going out that night, the helicopters and, and the armored tanks and everything, they were shutting down the borders because of COVID. I almost didn't get out of Ukraine. And, and this, this is the, I don't know if you, you can't really see it that well, but this is the squalor that they live in over there, right? The, the houses are, are, are shacks with huge holes that are falling apart. Anything that they have is mismatched and, and put together just for an existence. And, and this, is the, this is the people who live in that area that are on the right. And, and what I'm telling you here is that, oh my goodness, you want to talk about faith. These people under the severest persecution and add to that now the war that they're walking through it's just like they glow with this faith so go ahead to the next slide because what i want to show you here is is again some of the squalor that they live with and and what happens i mean the, their roofs have huge holes they have kids that are 
you're not going to find a, 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 a tablet where kids are playing on it or playing their Xbox. Or, and they're outside playing with hoops, laughing at each other, having fun. It's, it's insane. And, and this is the lady of the house. She's considered the pastor of the area. Her name is, is Barry Dananu Susanna. And she is a mountain of faith in ways that I can't even begin to describe. She continually posts her posts are of the Word of God and faith building to exhort her friends. She caters to the kids. She, you, you talk to her and her face just lights up and she goes, yeah. That's all she wants to talk about. That's all she wants to share. Her husband just, just look, I mean, it, it's a, a I'm sorry. But if she had faith that they had, she wouldn't be in the condition she's in. But it's ignorance. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is ignorance. And what I'm saying to you this morning is she knows God and the fullness of doesn't waver, she doesn't move, she walks in there with her focus, not on the situation, but on the God who's in the situation. Go, go back to, I'm sorry, just thinking about it, I'm thinking about the situations over there. Take, take a look at verse 3 of Psalm 1 again. And it says, He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. I'm not even going to go into that. Which is, yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The water of life is always the Holy Spirit. Stop thinking about that. I didn't even mention it in the service. The water of life is always the Holy Spirit. Living water, the living water of the Holy Spirit is for this time that I'm in. It's for this season I'm going through. This living water of the Holy Spirit is for this time that I'm in. For the season that I'm in right now. There's a lot of seasons in this place. For such a time as this. Esther would say, Friend, I don't know what you're walking through, but I can guarantee you the season that you're in right now, it might be a day, it might be a week, it might be a month, it might be a decade. I don't know what you're walking in. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what it's existing, but let me tell you something. Whatever you're in, whatever you're going through, whatever you're disgruntled about, Derek Shelton, you be glad that you're here. Fix your eyes. On the author and the perfecter of your faith. 
Otherwise, all you have is a season of being disgruntled. And boy, do people like to hang around people who are disgruntled. What is it that he's telling you right now? What is he that he's showing you right now? What is, he that, what is it that he's, he's, he's dealing with you on? I don't care where you're at. I don't care what the situation is. It's still the same principle time after time after time, season after season after season. Seasons change. And that's why his grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Now, I'm going to say something that might upset somebody, but that's okay. Right? See, you don't care. Right? See? Some of you are asking yourself, when is God going to do something? Where did you come up with that theology? When is God going to do something? Well, God has already done everything. He loves you. So what is God showing you? What is God saying to me? What is God reminding me of in the middle of this? I might not like it. There have been times where I didn't like it. But I yielded to it because what he was saying was true. I can have all the facts, but truth trumps facts every time. It's not about God doing something in your season. God is already at work in your season. No, he might not be working it out the way you think he should be working it out. But he's saying something to you. There's something taking place. There's something that's growing in you. You learn how to respond to his love even more than you ever did before. How to rest, how to trust him. Because if God isn't going to do something, then do I really trust God anymore? Oh, hello, somebody. Because if God doesn't do something, why doesn't God do something? Then it turns out all wrong and falls apart and everything else. And then I can't really trust God because God didn't do what I asked God to do when God. So we get disappointed by God. That's the God we serve, the God who disappoints us. Can I say something this morning? God wants to heal you. He wants to heal your body. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your spirit. Right in the middle of that mess you're in. Right in the middle of all that junk you're walking through. Right in the middle of all the problems that are coming on you. All, all that has dumped on you. That, that season that you're walking in. You were enjoying summer. You don't even remember fall. And now you've got eight inches of snow out there. so that you can have it your way. You're not a victim. If you're a victim, then you must take this angle. You must take your stance. You must handle it this way. Because you're a victim. 
what happened is because of what's taking place because you know they had no reason to let me go to work you know they, they had no no reason to to do those things see my my neighbor they you know you if you'd have been in the kind of an accident that I was in that then you you know victim 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 I got news for you yes people get victimized but what defines a victim is that they define their lives based on what happens to say that with you? That's what defines a victim. They define their lives by what happens to them. You are not a victim. everyone in this place. If you are not salt and light, and all the refiners are refining, melting, melting, extinguishing, because of spiritual Jennifer, her here, she Wednesday night, she said something that hurt me. Now, it's false because she she wasn't here Wednesday night. Anyways, um, <laughs> she said so. She said, "Not only are you short, but you're fat too." <laughs> and I walked away going, "You're devastating." I thought I was falling asleep, you know. I'm just, I'm like, it hurts. I can't believe she said that to me. I go home that night and my mind just kind of races around it. It had been a good night, but that one little statement from that one lady, oh my gosh. I get up the next morning, I get up Thursday morning and I'm going, God, you got to deal with that woman. You said, you know, revenge is yours, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this, God. She had no right to call me short and fat. what I got to say about her when I see her on Sunday. By Saturday, I am a weekly mess. I am beside myself. I'm obsessed with this situation. I'm looking forward to Sunday morning because when I see her, I'm going to let her have it with both guns. I'm going to take her down and let her know how words hurt and what she did to me and that the result was that she's
She comes up to the pastor. Oh, I am so sorry. Forgive me for what I said. Forgive me for what I said. I did. It, it just don't don't. I don't. I can't explain it. It was wrong. I just. I, I'm so sorry. I need you to forgive me. But what I said hurt, and I and tears coming down my eyes. I stand there going, Wednesday night. <laughs> what did you say Wednesday night? Oh, that, oh, that was nothing. We call that lying. <laughs> Let me explain to you what's happening. There's a season of walking with God. And that season, she came up and she waited. And that wound festered. I don't know if you've ever had a wound where you've gotten blood poisoning. I have. Same thing. Less of that. Because you get you get a few days of it and it wears you out. Blood sweat, you know, you see all the little things that age and whatnot. You got cases of people that don't get their wound issues, you know. But how many know that if you don't get blood poisoning or gangrene or have it in your system, it will do that to you? Do you know what the word forgive means? I, I've shared this with you all before, but let me just share it with you right now. What does the word forgive, what does it really mean when you forgive? Because what does God tell you? You are to forgive as you have been. <laughs> How do I do that? This is the word forgive. I'm going to pick on Jennifer because she's. This, this, this is the offense, right? And here's what I do. What happens when you have an unforgiving heart and you're living in a season of unforgiveness? You, you can't pick anything up. You try to pick up God, God's word here or, or receive something from there. You can't because you're holding on to something called unforgiveness. And it's, 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 it's horrendous. So the reality is the opposite of unforgiveness is forgiveness would simply mean release. You release that snotty rag into Jennifer's hand. <laughs> release. That's great. Forgive me, release it. Well, first of all, understand that there is no such thing as forgive and forget. No such thing as divine amnesia. Right? The more you try to forget, the more you remember. How many know that forgiving is not saying you were right and I was wrong? You were right to abuse me, to sexually molest me, to take all my money, to hurt me in ways that you did. You, you were right, I was wrong. No, forgiveness is not saying you were right and I was wrong. Forgiveness is not pardoning only 
God and Savior. See, do you get that? There's a difference of treatment here. So what I'm saying here is that when you forgive, you release. Where do you release them? In the Godhead. And that's either the best place or the worst place for them. But then it's up to them. But you release them. You don't forget. You walk in strength of who he is. The Holy Spirit teaches you. You go from a, 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 an act of forgiveness to a condition of forgiveness. There's a lot of things that are there. But you begin to understand you're not a victim. Not in Christ, you are not a victim. And I will come back here and I will say, can, can you give me that last point one more time there, Wendy? I understand the living water of the Holy Spirit is for this time that I'm in. What he's saying here. He's saying, it's very simple. For you to be here too. And it's be Hard to find friends in January. Why? It's not in season. So when you see plums at the store at the end of January, you've got to ask, where is that plum? I love the first couple weeks in June getting all those fresh strawberries. Be decent. In this place here this morning, God wants to heal your life, your mind, and your spirit. We're in a season as church. We're in a season. You as individuals are in a season. I'm in a season. Some of you are going through anniversaries of a season. Some of you are dealing with issues that have been prolonging it seems. We're in a season. And to those of you who are planted by the waters, that stream of living water, which is the Holy Spirit in its special way, you bring forth fruit in its fullness. Well, you shall know them how? By their fruit. And if all you're bringing forth is bad apples, I'm not criticizing. God wants to heal your life. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal relationships. He wants to heal your, your way of living, your lifestyle, whatever it might be. He is in the healing of your life. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking into our lives. Speak into our hearts. I, I know you're not finished yet. I know, I know you're not done with what you're saying to us. But Lord, let us realize that in our season, what we're going through right now, we have all the fullness of the Holy Spirit's gifting. We have all the abilities and strength and wisdom for now. 
now. We need to understand the now, Lord. Not whine about the past. Not come up with the old if-onlys. Not be terrified of the future. Not to go around saying what if. There's no anointing for that stuff. The past doesn't no longer exist, nor the future. But in this now moment, in this now moment, Lord, may we know the healing of the living waters bringing forth life in our life to produce the fruit in a season. For those who are in this place that don't know that life, may they know that all that is needed is to respond to him who is life and receive Say amen. Would you stand with me? I'm not asking for people to hold hands with me. You know what pain does? Sometimes it causes us to forget God. That's that's human. And I'm assuming everybody here is human. But that's what pain does. It causes we, we can be in the pain of loss, we can be in the pain of disease, we can be in the pain of sickness. back then? That's the answer, church. If you take me all the way back to that first cross, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Many know that those kinds of places amplify the condition of the heart of those who know Christ. Pain in a normal human way causes us to forget about God. However, that doesn't change. that he comes across and he speaks into our hearts and he wounds us and causes us and brings healing out of us. Do you, in the words of Christ, 
who you want to be. That's all I was going to say. Because the rest is up to you. I'm not going to try and talk you into something. I'm just asking you if you'll respond to something. So as we sing this song, I want to invite you to come. Find a place of prayer. Gather around this place. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Share with you. For in this season, we know how to respond. As we sing this chorus, let's find out. Jesus must Name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, and the ransom for up here praying, but right now, you're beside somebody. I'm going to ask you, and this is based on you knowing them, okay? Don't, this is not about strangers. Put your arm around them. I'm, I'm just being straight up with what God's telling me to do right now. Would you put your arm around that person behind you? There is a healing river flowing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, precious Jesus. Lord. 
spoken and received in good faith by the Holy Spirit. They will come true. They will come true. They will come true. In the name of Jesus. Barriers are being broken right now. Barriers are being eradicated right now. What's separated is out of the way. There's healing that's joining it back together. Don't know exactly what that's going to mean, but it brings it together into a new living hope. Holy Spirit. In your presence, in your fellowship, in your grace, in the name of Jesus. Thank him right now for it. Would you just thank him right where you're at? Whoever's arm, who's ever shoulder your arms, it doesn't matter. Wherever you're knelt at, doesn't matter. Thank him right now. Thank him. became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness he humbled himself carried the cross love so Just Messiah. 